This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey, wild souls, it's me, Linz. Um, Welcome back to a very special episode of Tarot for the Wild Soul. I hope all of you are navigating these waves, these deep Plutonian, Mercury retrograde, Scorpio waves with a lot of ease and grace and support and hydration and everything you need and everything you desire that supports you. I hope you have it and a little extra. It has been uh, a (laughs) very powerful time. (laughs) Um, I've been through a lot in the last few weeks. Not bad, just, I mean... I'll definitely talk about it at some point, but holy shit. Um, This is, uh, as I mentioned before, a very special episode of Ask Lindsay. It's my first ever kind of series. um, And this is the first of three parts all about intuition. And um, they'll come once a month. So this is our first next month in December will be our second part. And our third part will be in January. Um, And really, this is the subject that I've never directly taught. Um, not yet. It's coming. Um, I've never directly taught this, um, because the really strange, the really wild thing about intuition is that there's really no teaching anyone. You all, everybody listening to this, you have intuition. You have an inner voice. It is rich, alive, spectacular, sparkling, benevolent, always present, always guiding you, impossible to break, impossible to shatter, impossible to ruin. Um, No matter what happens, no matter how many times you say no to the inner voice, it will come back. It will never leave, actually. It will continue to be present. Um, The only thing is that the volume can get a little bit lower on the intuition and a little bit louder on the brain, but volume dials are meant to be adjusted. So I've um, not really done a lot of talking about intuition because the more you talk about it, the more you really realize that everyone's unique and everyone is actually their own teacher with intuition because everybody experiences their inner voice and intuition in completely um, different ways. So um, this series is dedicated and devoted to exploring different parts of the intuitive experience. And this one specifically is about trust, trusting the inner voice. This is a universal experience. We all have inner voices and we all struggle in one way or another in varying degrees to trust what we perceive there. Um, This is as old as time. Um, This dates back to people being burned for having healing abilities, people being burned for being witches, people being burned for having... Um, intuitive gifts, this was dangerous. So some of us don't believe it because we have a built-in hypervigilance protection that says, don't go there, you might get killed. And that's really real. And 
you know, we're all healing that. There's not like there's some formula about um, clearing that because for some people, depending on where they live, that threat is still quite real. So we have to really bow to and acknowledge that what I will call the witch wound, which obviously I'm not making up, but um, I am going to draw this in, the in, the wound around the inner voice is one that is huge. It's enormous. Um, many of us come from lineages where um, especially women or women identified people were told to be seen and not heard. You know, children were told to be seen and not heard, no matter what gender they identified with or were um, given an identification with. Um, there's a huge disconnect between the truth, the knowing, and what was expected of us up until basically like 20 years ago. And even that is coming from a very Western white perspective on my part, because there are still plenty of people who are expected in some ways, very empowered in some ways, not to behave or exist or live in ways, no matter where they live, Western or not, that is in conflict with the inner voice. And it doesn't mean that there's some all-encompassing way of living that is in contradiction to the inner voice. It is what we know from an individual perspective. If we feel the grinding of gears against the soul, against ourselves, saying this does not match with what I know to be true for myself, then we start getting further and further away um, from feeling like we're able to trust that inner voice, sometimes the voice gets so loud that um, we're left with no choice and we have to kind of step forward into the next phase of what we're doing. Um, sometimes people try to guilt us. It's really, really easy. You know, probably some of you listening to this have done this too. Like I have in my day, you know, somebody really honors their inner knowing and we lash out or we say, no, or we say, you know, whatever it is. And, um, you know, depending on how young we are, how developed we are, how much we feel like our, our worth or our love has to come from someone else. Um, there's really a million reasons, a million and one reasons why we would struggle to trust the inner voice. Um, some of them that are societal in nature, and that is a very small, very small um, set of examples. Um, and some of them ancestral, some of them based on what was expected of us. And some of them are just because we're human beings with brains, and the brain is kind of programmed to make us lack trust in the inner voice because the brain is all about what can be quantified, what can be, what we've known, what we have experienced, and because the brain's job is to keep us alive. So it's very common. In fact, a good sign that um, the brain will invite us into 
not being so sure about the truth or the veracity of what the inner voice says. Um, and that's because the inner voice, there's no quantifier. There's no proof. There's no ability to say, you know, um, I know this, therefore it's only later, if at all, that you can ever say like, whoa, I had a feeling and X, Y, Z happened. And those of you who have intuition, which is everybody know that sometimes you get a huge intuitive knowing and you never know. You don't ever actually, um, shut that door or open that book again to say, you know, what happened with that? We are, we're believing, we're trusting just by virtue of saying, um, this is what I'm receiving from the inner voice. This is the direction that I think I'm being drawn to go in. I'm going to check it out. Just by doing that, we immediately say yes to the soul. We say no to our programming. We turn the volume up on the inner voice a little bit. We turn the volume down on the brain a little bit. It's magic. As, as clean and as beautiful as magic can get. <laughs> that process is magic. Um, but the, and, and that's really the crux of trusting the inner voice is to understand that lack of trust in the inner voice is not a problem. It doesn't mean that you have work to do or you're behind. I still, you know, it has taken me years and I am somebody who, um, I'm not the, you can never compare intuitives. Everybody's doing their own thing, but, um, I live my life around what I get in my channel. I don't do anything if I don't hear to do it. And I will do something that makes me uncomfortable if I hear yes in my channel. I very rarely do anything, including like eat breakfast without doing a check-in. And that took you know, it's taken five years to get to a point where, um, in the spiral of growth, there have been tremendous evolutions on my part where I've broken through the membrane of the brain's hypervigilant protection of me and moved into a space where I knew and learned with experience that I could trust my inner voice a little bit more, even if I fell and skinned my knees. Because even in your inner voice, if you fall and skin your knees, there's something about the healing of the knees that's meant to happen. And it's not to say that um, bypassing or dismissing tough experiences, but we are here to evolve and we can certainly have a shitty time a way shittier time if we make a decision with brain just to play it safe or because we don't trust ourselves. That is way harder than saying yes to our inner voices and maybe, um, you know, again, like um, banging our elbow or something like that, you know, just feeling the intensity of whatever that experience might be. It's okay. Um, trusting the inner voice is a process that takes place over one's lifetime. And this doesn't, again, I really want to reiterate this and repeat that this doesn't mean that you are somehow behind everybody else. That's a total myth. Um, and trust in what we hear is again, very spiralic. One person might be at one place with their intuition around money and they just cannot trust to raise those prices or cut a client or, you know, they can't quite find their way from one, um, from the last 
visible board of the bridge into open air. Some people feel that way about their dating life. Some people feel that way about their career. Some people feel that way about their parents, about their own health. You know, there's endless amounts of things that we can really, um, we're really stepping out into open air and this, and the, the next, um, wooden plank for the bridge appears under our feet. It's really, um, everybody's got that. So, and some of us, and I've been here because I've been a, a, a committed, practicing, intuitive, you know, I've been intuitive my whole life and intuitive my whole, I'm born intuitive, but, um, aware and practicing and committed to expanding it for about five years, you know, and, um, it's like no joke. Like every step of the way is pretty uncomfortable and this isn't to, um, dis- discourage anybody. It's to say that you're already uncomfortable, not honoring the inner knowing that you can feel, even if you're not quite acquainted with it yet, you can feel it. We can all feel it. And, um, it's far less uncomfortable to honor that voice rather than to not honor it. It's, it, um, there's a price that we pay that's a lot higher um, in ignoring the inner voice. And we've all done that too. There's no better way to learn than through contrast. So to sum up before I get to questions, everybody has an inner voice. Everyone has intuition. Everybody has a channel that is a direct line to the truth of the soul, to guides, to spirit, to angels, to well ancestors, to whatever you roll with, because some people have, um, deep connection to their inner voice and they're not including guides and angels and anything spiritual in there. It's just as valid. It's just whatever radio station we're tuning to. Um, intuition is all inclusive. You know, nobody is left out of the party. You don't need to be anything. Um, and inner voice is synonymous with that. We all have inner voices, you know, everybody. We also all have brains. And these brains, again, have developed through time, through evolution, through, you know, our animal ancestors. And the inner voice is connected to the evolutionary part of the soul that says, say yes to discomfort, say yes to inconveniencing other people because you're going to make their egos uncomfortable when you're not going to give them what they want. When you say yes to their, to your inner voice, you're going to take leaps. You're not going to have any guarantee, but you will sleep differently at night knowing that you're saying yes to the truth, even if you don't fully understand why. Um, and that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, you know, that's like, we don't, you know, honoring the inner voice doesn't mean we're upsetting people. (laughs) Um, but sometimes people don't like it and that's okay. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, cause that's a big part of it. Um, but the brain just wants to keep us alive. So we're always in this tension. The tension is part of what we want to put a huge, hand on the heart to and bow and say, trusting my inner voice is a birthright. And it is also a process that unfolds over a lifetime. And this doesn't mean that I don't, 
This doesn't mean struggle. This doesn't mean difficulty. But it does mean that it's not something that we should have figured out a long time ago. It's not something that just because you've had trauma or you have trouble trusting your inner voice that other people are ahead of you. No, nobody is ahead of you. We're all walking this path. Um, you are biologically engineered to not trust your inner voice. <laughs> and um, sociologically and overculturally and maybe even ancestrally and religiously told not to trust your inner voice. It could be dangerous, right? So we're undoing that. Once we recognize that the undoing is kind of the parallel life, it's the parallel existence, that all of us are just one little thread, one little membrane away from, it's just like a little tilt, and then we're sort of on that parallel path. Um, it runs parallel to, I'm going to try to figure this out, strategize this, make this happen in the way I want it to. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. And sometimes intuition can intersect with strategy. It's plenty. Um, but with trusting the inner voice, the recognition, the freedom comes when we understand that we shouldn't have had this figured out. That again, it's a rewilding that's going to take place over a long period of time. And a huge untying of a knot can start today just by acknowledging this is not my fault. It's not my fault that I have a problem or challenges or difficulties trusting my inner voice, trusting that I won't make a mistake, trusting that I'll be okay. This is the path. And I wish I could make it cleaner, sexier, better, shinier for you. But unfortunately, that's the, it's the truth. And, um, I love you too much to lie. <laughs> um, and when I tell you that we're all in this together, I'm telling you a month or two ago, I, um, was going through a big spiral of letting go of a very old, um, program, a very old, uh, hypervigilance program in my nervous system. And I was absolutely sure and convinced that I was going to die if I did not listen to my brain. And I had no assurances. Nobody could assure me. And I couldn't assure me. The only thing I knew without a shadow of a doubt is that my guides were telling me that I was okay and that I was not dying and I didn't need any assistance to just be with what I had going on. And, um, that journey was a gift that allowed me to undo one of the biggest knots that I had in my inner voice, one of the biggest sore throats that I had in my inner voice, which was, um, doctors know better. And I don't want to get into a whole thing about like, go to the doctor always, <laughs> always go to the doctor. Um, please don't think that I'm advocating in any way for, um, acknowledging, like tuning in over going to the doctor. Please know that that's not what's happening here. Um, but for me, 
around this particular issue, really there was no issue. The issue was imagined. Um, that was a big piece for me that runs in my family line. Um, that was the sociological overcultural thing was someone knows better than you who has education in this area. Someone who knows, um, somebody knows your body better than you do. That was, it was my belief. And I didn't realize that. And, um, moving through that enormous crushing trauma, um, was a liberation that moved me through to the other side. And now I don't have that fear. It just isn't, it's, it will come up and then it's sort of just like, it floats away because I know the truth. And now when a need to go ask somebody who may actually know how to help me understand my body a little better comes up, um, there's less intensity. There's less perpetuation of old cycles of feeling powerless and, you know, all different kinds of things. And I could give a million different examples, but I want to really impart that, um, as you're listening to me, give advice here to just remember that you are on an equal playing field with me, that we're all in this together in an equal way. Um, And the only thing, if at all, that I'm really sharing from a place of um, pretty sturdy confidence in my own knowledge is the fact that I really walk and live the path that comes with um, choosing my inner voice over my brain, even if I think it's going to kill me. Because if I don't have my inner voice, I don't really have anything. And so it's not an easy path, but everybody listening to this is not a teacher of many people. Not all of us have to go through this because not everybody is meant to hold space and to teach. So know that I share my own example to provide the context that um, though it can be really intense, but it's not anything that you're alone in, that we're undoing legacies and generations of silencing and trauma and abuse and culture being stolen. A million wounds in every moment that we choose to stand in our power in spite everything and say, I know that this is my truth in this moment right now. And when the brain crashes and thunders and says, you idiot, or this or that, or how could you, or this is so mean, know without question that you're on the right track. Because unless the brain is really threatened, it never goes out, never gets its barbs out. It doesn't come up with that stuff. The brain fuck. We have brains that will have us reaching for the 13th drink after two hours. It will have us out the door for any number of things that do not serve us. (laughs) The brain would have us fucking people that are like married, you know, and again, like, you know, not, no judgment against anybody, but, um, doesn't always end well for everyone when that happens. Um, not always in our highest and best. Um, there's all kinds of things that actually don't serve that the brain's like, go for it. So it's fascinating why we're always, um, putting our faith in this 
like organ that is just meant to keep us in familiarity no matter how chaotic. So trusting and building trust with our inner voice is a spiralic initiation. It's a journey. It's, it's one that we embark on over a lifetime. And it's one, when I say spiralic, I mean a linear path denotes that we're going to see everything as it comes up. Even if it's really far away, we can sense a shape. Spiralic means we don't know what's coming around the corner. And it doesn't mean that it has to surprise or shock us. It's just really like we meet the moment as it arises. Um, And again, it's just parallel to a life where we're making decisions out of safety false safety, um, because the inner voice isn't dangerous. Um, and allowing that to control our lives rather than trusting in the wild and the truth. So that's just a little bit on how we can cultivate compassion for ourselves and, um, let go of the story that we should be further or more trusting or that it's because there's something wrong with us. It's actually not the truth. It's the opposite that's true. Everything's right with you. We're just all working on trusting our inner voices together. Sorry. So I'm going to get to questions. So I need to say this. The questions that were sent in for this were so rich. I really feel very strongly that I would like to answer all of them in some way. Um, I know that a lot of people ask questions on Instagram and I would really like to do probably like, um, stories or a live IGTV perhaps. Um, IGTV I think might be really good and I might answer some of the, um, some more of the, um, Instagram questions. And then I might do like a bonus Q and a on my next newsletter where I answer some more of these, um, cause not a one was just all of them. I want to just say thank you so much. It was an enormous honor to receive these questions. They were beautiful. They were from the heart. Um, I, the ones that I chose ultimately were not, um, better than anyone's. They just represented a good spectrum of things that do come up in the process of our, um, journey of trust. And I thought they would be useful for everyone. Um, but there are more, Uh, and maybe you'll hear a little bit more about them. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to be having some water through this. Okay. So let's dive in. Anonymous asks, my question about intuition is about repair. I've spent decades ignoring my gut feelings and intuition because of fear of making mistakes, hurting others, or quote, being bad. This stems from a childhood of being denied the right to be just me and years and years of trying to be the perfect girl. It has come with such a cost, relationships I knew were wrong, jobs I hated, a total and complete loss of who I am and what I need. These days I'm working on honoring my intuition and my gut, but it feels like I'm repairing a very broken relationship. It may take the rest of my life. This has shown up when I've done tarot for myself and others. I'll do a reading for a friend and really go with my gut. And the response I get from the tarot taroee, I love that phrase, is disappointment or confusion. I immediately go to the quote, I did something wrong. I suck at tarot and completely dismissive place. What do you do when someone is not connecting to your reading? Any suggestions on repairing my intuition where 
I can also still honor the little one inside me that is afraid to make mistakes. Oh my god, anonymous. Okay, I have two parts to this answer, but before I answer you, um, I am just holding you with such compassion because uh, I really know exactly what you mean by this. And I know that many other people listening also do. Um, This is a part of the deep grief and the wounding that really comes up around us denying ourselves, our um, knowing with our inner voices. We have, this is a shared grief. We do all know, I think, in some way what this is like, even if we've not directly experienced what you've described. So just know that I'm holding you, we're holding you, and there's just so much compassion here. Thank you for this question. Um, Okay, so first, and I hope that this is okay to say to you, um, I really honor... um, I want to completely acknowledge and honor that the feelings that you're having um, about your relationship to your intuition, your gut, feeling very broken are real as fuck because they are. They're real. They're valid 100%. There's no, um, there's zero denial of that. Um, But I want to acknowledge for you, if you will allow me from a distance, and you're always free to say no to this, your intuition is not broken. The relationship is not broken, even though it feels that way. Um, It is there, stronger than you could ever imagine, underneath a lot of wounding and underneath the, um, the backlash emotionally, internally from the decisions where we really just try to do the right thing and inadvertently wind up throwing um, our inner knowing kind of under the bus. And again, who among us? I have done this so many times and I know what you mean when you say it feels broken. I hear that because I felt the same way myself. Um, And the feelings that got Again, I'm not here to take those feelings away, but I just want to affirm to you that the relationship is there. Um, It is whole, and really you're just clearing the debris around it. Um, So after, now that I've said that, we heal this in the same way we heal any other relationship. We make amends, we hold the space, we offer love, And we engage in trust building over time. Hearing, witnessing, acknowledging from your body, your being, these are the things that you've done, inner parent, mom, person, you know, whatever, that have hurt me. You may not have known it, but this hurt. Um, Us just holding that and saying, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I was trying actually to love you. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. You know, please forgive me. Um, Witnessing ourselves, just saying, yes, I acknowledge this pain. 
This pain is here. I know that I can bear it. I can hold it. I can grieve with myself. Um, space holding, holding that space, not trying to run away from the feelings, but actually um, putting a hand to the heart or, you know, not, and, you know, just holding it. Um, very powerful act. Um, loving the self is so complicated, right? Because we all have different feelings about it, but we can think of it like we're our first mothers. You know, you're your first mother, this little girl um, that you're caretaking is your is your daughter. And we don't always know, know what to do with our inner kids. We don't always know how to handle our inner daughters, but everybody takes one step forward somewhere. And um, loving, figuring out how your little girl likes to be loved is a very powerful part of this too. Um, and trust building over time. You're going to fuck up again. That's okay. We're not making it about not ever, ever making a decision from brain or, you know, um, trying to be perfect again. We're just building up the conditions so that when those decisions happen, we can acknowledge them. We can actually come to our bodies and say, oh my God, I see now. Yes, I, I didn't realize it, but I do see how this put you in a situation and um, I'm going to do the best I can to try to recenter. But before that, I'm so sorry and I love you. What can I do to support you right now? And you may hear nothing, but that's just the beginning. You're just be beginning. <laughs> You're just trust building over time. Um, your body loves you unconditionally and is available to forgive you unconditionally. The inner voice is ever present. We never lose it, even if it feels a little staticky and far away. Um, your body desperately wants to be connected and intimate with you. And I rarely say this, but I promise you this will not take the rest of your life. I, it's Lindsay Mack promise and I don't break my promises. I don't make them <laughs> unless I'm pretty sure I'm right. I promise you this won't take the rest of your life. Um, in some ways, yeah, but in other ways, what you're imagining in terms of that expansion, that sense of, um, love and trust in yourself, I promise you that will happen, um, before you, the end of your life. Um, have compassion for yourself. You know, as you speak to your little one directly, tell your little one how frightened you are of making mistakes and that you've got her and that you can't promise to be perfect, but you do promise to be present and start that compassion unlocks the door to try to, it unlocks a door of exploration for you that can help you to understand, to start asking questions about why you say yes to the things you do and why you say no to the things you do. You may know, but there's always something deeper. And the inner voice can actually help you walk through that door, sometimes with support and say, why is it exactly that I say yes to the things I do? Was this inherited? You know, I know that I tried to be perfect for everyone, but who taught me that? Did I pick that up from someone or was I sort of told, was I never told that? Like, if so, where did I receive that programming? So you can go back and shift it. You can upgrade and change it. Um, sometimes we forget that we can actually call upon the inner voice to help us get closer to the inner voice. <laughs> and this is one of those circumstances. So huge compassion for you. Um, 
Now, the second part of this is your the piece about your clients. So um, two things about around the disappointment that can come up with clients. The first is that the more you heal this wound, the more your clients may change and match that new energy. Um, and the clients that you may get once this wound starts to be, I don't want to use the language in healed. I'm going to take that back. Acknowledged, held in compassionate support. Um, the deeper you go, the more your clients may, um, feel a little bit more aligned with their clarity. They might feel like they're a little bit more self-responsible. They might feel like they're better listeners. So I can tell you that as a reader, my clients change with me all the time. And I always have circumstances where I'll have some lag. Um, and again, I have nothing but the utmost love and respect for all of my clients, no matter um, if they were um, a little tougher for me or were um, really easy for me. And I say for me, because that doesn't mean that they were difficult. <laughs> it just means it was my stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, just profound, um, how clients can change along with us. So I would say, hold a space for that. And two, the client is not always a reliable narrator about what is truth. So actually more often than not, the more you're nailing it home with intuition, the more threatened the client can become because the ego steps into effect and can actually cloud the client and be like, I don't understand. And um, sometimes um, it can feel like um, we're threatened. Disappointed is a huge part of someone going in with an expectation that you were going to tell them what they wanted to hear and you didn't give it to them. So one of the biggest gifts that we can give our clients, and it's a big one, is to not actually make it any of our business what it is that they think about the reading. And as long as they are resonating with what you're saying, and sometimes they won't resonate with it, but if they are willing to hang out with it, then no matter what, it's a win-win for them because either they're going to hang out with it and your medicine is going to ring in their mind like clear bells on the night air eventually and they will start seeing the invitation of truth in it or they'll walk away and say, um, that was the worst fucking reading I've ever had, which you can survive and I guarantee you it's not the truth. And um, they have a acknowledged and... Um, committed to their victimhood, which is a worthy part of anyone's journey of waking up. They could decide you're not for them, which is a super empowering part for any client. Please don't ever be afraid to not be the right fit for a client um, because you have plenty of right fits and you don't want to take up your space with anyone who isn't. Or it could be that what you said was exactly what you were supposed to get from your inner voice, exactly what you were supposed to say. Sometimes when we say things to clients and they don't land and they don't um, ultimately match as truth for the client, it's not that we're wrong. Sometimes we have to say or we get to say certain things from guides just so the client has the ability to walk out the door and go, 
actually, no, this is what I know to be true. And sometimes we have to be those people who are technically not nailing it home for them, but are enough that it inspires them to listen to their own inner voices. Really, there's no wrong. So, you know, I always say to people, unless you have received um, a comment from a client that you have caused harm, you have triggered them in a way that is not that you gave them powerful information and they were not self-responsible enough to handle it, but there were actual triggers. Um, if there was disrespect, if you spoke in a way that was fear-based and frightened your client, then yeah, it is your business. Take responsibility. But if the client is kind of like, well, you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, that's on them. And that's okay. It's totally okay. Absolutely okay to let them feel that way. You can even say that. Your disappointment is totally okay. You know, I know what it is to really want to hear something. And, um, you know, people being excited about what you're saying is not an indication that you're getting it right. You're getting it right if you're hearing it from your gut. So um, just keep going because I guarantee you it will shift and change a little bit. So our second question is also from another anonymous who asks, how do you keep from attracting low vibe spirits if you still carry trauma in your body? So anonymous, this is a myth and I'm not sure where you got this idea, um, but if you got it from someone it's not true. And if you're believing it, I would love to invite you into a different way of looking at it. So we can experience the highest vibrations and lowest vibrations in any body, no matter what the body is experiencing. Trauma doesn't preclude anything and trauma is not low vibrational. Trauma does not attract low vibrational energy. On the contrary, trauma is a profound initiatory process, one that can open us up. And I'm not romanticizing trauma, but it can absolutely open us up to unbelievable um, insight, compassion, love, strength within us that we never imagined we'd ever get through depths that we didn't know were in us, heights that we didn't know were in us. Um, it is an absolutely um, not low vibe um, qualifier and every body on the planet has some trauma in it. So that would be like saying, can anybody attract low vibe energy? <laughs> you know? Um, so that's just something for you to think about. Everybody's got trauma. Every body is capable of attracting any kind of frequency. The key though is, um, to practice discernment in our connection with our inner voice. So you have free will with your inner voice. You have filters and they are actually your intent and your free will. The energetic universe around us is exactly the same as going out onto the street. If you have something really powerful and sacred and important and tender to tune in about, and you take that out to your block and pick up any random person and trust them with that question, you may get an awesome answer. You may also get an answer that is devastating and um, not just not even emotionally taxing, just not your truth. 
it's the exact same experience in the spiritual realm and in the realm of the inner voice. So when we speak about the inner voice, we're speaking about the voice that is both connected to um, the outside sources of wisdom that can come from guides and the the wisdom within us. And there's sort of a meeting within the vessel of the body in those two ways. Um, <clears throat> so when I say practice discernment, before you tune in about something in the middle of your day, whatever it is, you can simply say, I'm only available to connect with that, which is my highest and best, the absolute reflection of the truth for me. Um, and then you can say, if you chat with guides, you can say only my guides of, of highest and best. You can say, you know, angels, well, ancestors, like what, whatever your flow or your practices, it, you know, that's important for me. I do connect with guides, but you don't have to, you know, if that's not what you roll with, that's great. I never want anyone to feel like guides are the thing. Um, you can do whatever you want. Um, so yeah, um, look at that belief. Why do we think that trauma is a low vibrational experience? It's not true, but we want to look at that. There are a lot of roots in that around spiritual bypassing and kind of spirituality 101, as my teacher Michelle would say, and um, that you manifest, the, the, you know, that like all this is very low, low, low. Um, it's just simply not true. If someone is living out a trauma, committed to their victimhood, committed, that can show up as a little bit I'm not even going to say low, high. It's just a different spectrum and it can feel a little heavier. And it's also not bad. It's just information. Um, but in terms of spirits, we want to be discerning about who it is that we're talking to. And that especially goes for people who've had trauma. People who've experienced major trauma, PTSD, must actually be more discerning because their nervous systems are even more sensitive. So what that looks like is just simply saying before we tune in, before we check in with the inner voice, we can just say, I'd like to check in with my inner knowing about this. Um, I'd like only to receive what's in my highest and best and the truth. Um, you know, and then you ask your question, just very, very simple, but yeah, we can let go of that. The idea that our human emotional experiences create low vibrations, um, or attract us with low vibrations. It's just not true. Um, you can experience anything in a body and be connected with the highest frequency possible. It's about asking. And so ask. Our third question is also from an anonymous who says, I'm wondering how you differentiate between your intuition and negative invitations from the brain, which is something I've been struggling with recently. A couple of months ago, I had to trust someone to take care of something for me. I intuitively didn't have a good feeling about it, but thought it was just my anxious brain getting in the way. So I went ahead with it. Fast forward and it turned out that my intuition had been right and it had been wrong to trust this person. Do you have advice for how to tell the difference between my anxious slash survival brain inviting me into contraction and my intuition trying to steer me away from problematic situations. I do um, have some advice and hopefully it'll be helpful. But first I want to start with like, I mean, my God, who among us? <laughs> like this happens to me. It still happens to me where, you know, my 
old programming, my kind of autopilot will go, oh, this just happened to me recently with a friend that I had to step away from, um, where I started to realize, like, oh my God, like I'm playing out all this stuff. And it wasn't even that friend's fault. It was me just playing something out with that person, um, because, um, we're human beings. So it's, I know those experiences are so painful. I just want you to know you're really not alone. Um, and that again, that's sort of the spiral process. You know, we figure out, we've drifted a little further from our inner voice. It's not actually bad. It's just information. Um, and then we can recenter and, um, the more we can process the experience, the less we'll have to go through it again in the future. So here's my advice to you. Checking in, pausing, and looking for the really subtle signs are how you can tell the difference between your anxious survival brain inviting you into contraction and your intuition trying to steer you away from problematic situations. Checking in, there is no inner voice connection without checking in, meaning that when you are trying to decide, do I trust this person to take care of me or not, you really think you have a feeling that's like, well, I don't know about this. You just pause. You literally pause. You stop doing what you're doing. You drop into your center. There's no preparation for this. You don't have to like take a special ritual bath or anything like that. You just pause wherever you happen to be. Maybe put a hand on your heart and you feel all the emotions. That's when you might discover that underneath this intuition, maybe you don't want to hurt this person's feelings. Maybe you don't want to deal with asking someone else. Maybe you're afraid that if you don't take this person up on it, you won't have anybody. So that is usually what pausing will help us to determine what is the story of the brain of the inner little one, whatever, underneath the inner voice. And in order to move through to the inner voice, we actually have to start with acknowledging and caretaking those stories. So if I'm sitting with my hand on my heart, pausing, after really having a feeling that this person is not the right fit to trust something for me, but I am not sure if it's my truth or not, I'm going to pause and I'm going to sit here and I might notice, okay, um, I'm not sure. So what is the part of me that's not sure have to say about it? And then I, again, I might discover like, I just want to get it over with. So I would literally just say, in the midst of my pausing in a doorway, wherever, I would just say, okay, there's a part of me that, um, you know, okay, not wanting to deal with finding someone else. And then I would bow to that and just say, I see that, I acknowledge that, don't want to complicate things. Okay. And I would really, really be with that. And you don't want to fix it. You're just, you're just acknowledging, you're just saying, I see you. And then from there, there might be other things that you might be able to say like, okay, you know, maybe it's this person, maybe it's whatever. And the more you can acknowledge that, then you check in, then you say, okay, so dropping into my inner voice, dropping in with my guides, um, I'd like to tune in about whether or not, you know, this person is the absolute right and best person to trust with X, knowing that my brain has lots of feelings about that. And then you just continue to pause and you wait for the feeling or the answer or the clarity or whatever. But en general, if you have an experience like that, 
you can almost always say if it's not a fuck yes, it's usually a no. Um, in general, the brain only really fights stuff when it's like kind of good for us, if that makes sense. So if it were a question of you going to like meet up with a group of people and it was going to be very, very expansive and your, and your brain was kind of like flashing all the reasons why you shouldn't go, that is actually clarity that your inner voice is saying yes and your brain is freaking out about it. If you are trying to determine whether somebody is a right fit to trust something and you just get one of those things that's like, I don't know why, but just no, that's almost always the inner voice saying no, almost always. Um, Usually when we have a really tough feeling and we try to tell ourselves it's nothing, there's, um, we're getting an intuitive hit that the brain is trying to manipulate and twist into thinking that it's not intuition. (laughs) So it's an old protection. So checking in is crucial because it helps to, um, clear that away. It actually assists us in clearing that away and being able to say, um, thanks brain. Um, for helping me to see the shades of doubt in this. Um, but I'm actually okay. And I'm just going to really trust that, um, this person might not be the best, but I'm going to tell you what anonymous you also like, I mean, it stinks to high heaven, but I really believe in learning through contrast. And I honestly don't know if I could learn any other way other than just simply saying like, whoa, this was the absolute wrong thing for me. This feels like shit. Um, this person confirmed for me that I am an intuitive because I did know, thank you, friend. Thank you, person. Never, never going to trust you to hold that space for me again, or take care of something for me. Um, you know, at least in that way, but, um, yeah, wow. I did get an intuitive hit. So now let me look at why I didn't trust that hit. Um, could I pause more? Could I check in? Whatever. And, um, anonymous, I would say, Don't wait until the next time you have a big decision to pause and check in. Just start rolling with that practice now. And if you start thinking to yourself, well, what's the official practice? What I just said in the podcast is nobody ever taught me that. And it's not to say that other people don't speak about checking in and pausing. That's just what works. So there's no formula to it. You just feel into it. And those are some gateways to get you there. Okay. Our last few questions. Um, Sarah Kate on Instagram asks, what are some ways we can move forward with ease when our inner inner voice points us in a different direction than we thought we were meant to go? So, um, just as you said, with ease, with a lot of gentleness, with a lot of spaciousness around the, um, redirection that can come up when we're just really thinking we're going south and all of a sudden we're really feeling a pull toward the west. And um, it can take a little bit. We are in these human bodies to sort of uh, recalibrate or or calibrate, you know, um, depending on the shift, gentleness, slowness, compassion, acknowledgement, allowing ourselves to have space to vent out in whatever way is appropriate. Some people are verbal processors, some write, some have to kind of walk and have space. However you process is perfect for you, but however you do it, 
process because you still live in a human body. So really just making space for that is okay. Um, and some ways you can move forward with ease when your inner voice points you in a different direction than you thought you were meant to go. Um, one way is to just simply say, bless be and move your body and start walking. Another way is to say, I'm going to take my space and I'm going to, um, let go of this other place of this other direction that I thought that I was heading in and prepare myself for the next one. Um, but mostly how the longer you are in the process of kind of living in close quarters with your inner voice, those, um, lag times get easier, more graceful, and they get faster. So, what might have thrown you off for two weeks in a couple of years might, um, you might shift in a day or an afternoon. Um, and then other times if it's really big and like we thought we were going to stay married and then that changes, um, it might obviously take longer than an afternoon. Um, but it really, who knows, <laughs> um, never going to make anything wrong or bad on this podcast. So, um, yeah, just spaciousness, taking time, um, leaving the space to say, wow, you know, the brain really expected something that the soul disagreed with. That's always a kicker. So just space, time, care, compassion. Um, there's no real like trick to any of it. Like I'm not sure how to speed up the process. It's just about being really gentle when it does come up. Um, and then my last uh, question is also from Instagram. It's from Lena. Ify Tarot. Lena, if I butchered your last name, my apologies. Um, can your intuition, quote, just know something about the future? You speak so beautifully about using tarot and intuition for the present moment, but sometimes those hunches are so strong. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 100%. The, it, that's the whole thing. <laughs> totally. Um, the, the thing that I speak about, the reason why I talk about tarot and intuition for this moment so much is because there's like a lot of, lot of material on trying to predict or tell or decode the future. Um, and the present is like, it's just really important. Just adding to the dialogue in a different area. Um, but oh my God, yes, of course there are many times where we know and of course, when we know, even when we know, it's always wise to leave a little room because the future changes. It, the future is not fixed. It is highly flexible. And then there are other times where we don't know and um, we get totally blindsided and uh, it winds up being great or not. But um, absolutely, the inner voice can totally, if it's in highest and best for us, give us heads up on things that are to come a hundred percent. Um, there's so many stories of people knowing not to go into work, not to get on a plane to move when it's time, you know, to just, um, you know, to head, head in one direction, to head in another. That's, um, it's like really that knowing is sort of as old as time. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wish I had more fancy stuff to say about it, <laughs> but yeah, the hunches are, they're great. Um, and I don't want to like pop the balloon, but I just think it can be really, really powerful if there is like an immensely strong 
hit of clarity on the future. It's always powerful to be able to say, um, you know, whoa, this feels absolutely destined, meant to be. Um, and I'm, I'm totally open to the energy shifting and moving in a different direction. That's, it's fine by me. And if it doesn't feel fine by you, you can hang out with it until it might. Oh my God, what an honor to get to dive so deeply with all of you today. Thank you for listening to this. Um, we're going to do another one of these series in the second week of January. Um, oh, Lord have mercy. Second week of December. <laughs> um, so excited to be here with all of you today. Just a couple things if you made it all the way through. Um, if you like this podcast, please consider subscribing. Um, subscriptions help us to chart a little higher on iTunes and they help people to find us. Um, you know, rate and review if you want to, and you have something nice to say, but really if you feel called, um, and you're not subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, that would be amazing. Um, cause again, it does help numbers and then it helps people to find us. Um, and, um, I have a full moon newsletter going out on November the 12th, next Tuesday, I believe. Yep. And, um, if you would like to receive nourishing words on the mid-month medicine around the mid-month and um, this moon and all that it's calling forward, um, my newsletter is um, the place to receive that. And so you can sign up by clicking the show notes, um, the link in the show notes, or you can go to my website, lindsaymack.com and just click on like newsletter and just sign up. Um Courses, classes, offerings are all up at lindsaymack.com as well. God, I hope I'm not forgetting anything. I just love all of you. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I'm really excited to dive into the next segment. And um, if you are interested in receiving some bonus questions, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to put in a bonus recording where I answer some more of these cues in that newsletter. So um, if you're interested... That's my first ever sort of bonus podcast episode, um, but that uh, it will probably be in there. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, sending you so much love. I will connect with uh, all of you next week. And until then, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us, and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.